KCFAM Radio 950 now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open, 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It's bright and it's sunny out there. There's a little crispness to the air as per spring in Manitoba. Yes, and it looks like the forecast ahead looks like we might be getting a little bit of a chipper weather, but it gives us a pace to slow ourselves down maybe in the garden. I've been seeing people raking. I've been seeing people wandering through, picking up maybe some trash, maybe some bits and mines and A little bit of leaves, but we have to remember there's bugs underground that are beneficial, so we do not want to disturb their hibernation spots too early. And this morning I was greeted, the geese are back, and of course, I think there's a pair of geese that always come back to our location, and this time they've been coming a little bit closer to the door, so if you're venturing through, we have a pair of geese that I think... Just because we did some little bit of renovations in here, some people were joking, saying yesterday that they too wanted to come in and see what our renovations were all about. It's spring, it's spring cleaning, and the poem we have today is called Spring. Frost locked all winter, seeds and roots and stones of fruit, what shall make their sap ascend, that they put forth shoots? Tips of tender green, leaf or blade or sheath, telling of the hidden life that breaks forth underneath. Life nursed in its grave by death, blows the thaw wind pleasantly, drips the soaking rain, but fits looks down the waking sun, young grass springs on the plain. Young leaves close early the hedgerow trees, seeds and roots and the stones of fruits. Swollen with sap, put forth their shoots. Curled, headed ferns sprout in their lane. Birds sing and pair again. There is no time like spring, when life's alive in everything. Before our new nestlings sing. Before cleft swallows speed their journey back along the trackless track. God guides their wing, he spreads their table, but nothing lack. Before the daisy grows a common flower, before the sun has power to scorch the world up in its noontide hour. There is no time like spring, like spring that passes by. There is no life like spring life born to die, piercing the sod, clothing in unclothed clod, hatched in the nest, fledged on the windy bough, strong on the wing. There is no time let spring that passes, now newly born and now hastens to die. I wish you could hear the geese that are uh, collecting out here. It's kind of nice in the morning when you hear the birds and the geese uh, wakening us up that's in there. Maybe not too soon for some of you that like to uh, be a little bit later in bed this morning, but the geese are active and they are sure honking outside today. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315, and we're going to go right to the line. Shirley's on hold. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Carla. How are you, and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Winnipeg. Well, it's a nice sunny morning for us here, isn't it? It sure is, and it's a delight to talk to you, Carla. Oh. Enjoy your show. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. How can we help you this morning? Well, I bought a, 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 a thickus, a, a fiddle leaf thickus last uh, fall, and this thing is just sitting here. It hasn't produced a leaf. It's just sitting here. It's healthy looking, but it doesn't produce anything, and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, okay. And, and, a, and a few weeks ago, I broke, off the, I broke off the dry tip that it had that I thought was going to produce a leaf, and, and I, I put Vaseline on it like it said to do in my, in my um, book, and, uh, and nothing's happened. I thought maybe it would produce some growth when the tip was broken off. Okay. Now, the fiddly figs themselves, they like moderate light. They don't like to be in the, the full sunlight that's in there. They li- I think they do best when they're pulled back from the window a bit. Now, maybe is it in a dark location? or in, because- It's in the west window, and I've got it pulled back from the window. It's on the floor. Uh, it's underneath a Norfolk pine that I have. Um, and uh, so it does get some sunlight later in the day. Uh, okay. Some sun would be on it, but as the rest of the day it's, it's, it's sitting in, in, uh, in, in, you know, no sun. Okay. Now, the next thing is you said that you had a leaf that was brittle at the top? Or are they yes, it has, that growing tips seem to dry. It seems to just get dry, so I, I cut it off a few weeks ago. Okay. Now, the new growth, I'm sort of suspecting if you look at the new growth, and the new growth is trying to open and all of a sudden it closes. Um, fiddly figs are notorious for not liking to be overwatered. They like to be a little bit watered, but then go moderately dry in between. So that's what I've been doing. It hasn't been watered much. Okay. So I let it. I let it dry out. Okay. If you and I have not immersed it like my book said to do. It says it in the summertime to immerse it in water, but I haven't done that. Yeah, well, normally what we want to do is for naturally with plants that are in pots, we want even distribution of watering that goes through the entire root ball, but then we want them to A, not sit in uh, standing water. You want to make sure that it's in a pot that the excess water that drains through has been removed. So you want to be able to clear that off. Okay, so you have drainage holes? Okay, you know what? Um um, it's in the pot that I, where I can't really see if it's sitting in water. It's got that, bot, you know, that bottom on it of, of the pot, and it's sitting in a tray, but I've never seen water in the tray. Um, the plant itself looks healthy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if you've never seen water come through the bottom of the holes into a tray, A, maybe we're not giving it enough water that the water is watering the entire root ball. That could okay. be one of them. And... Um, in some instances, sometimes I know that the, the drainage, if you can get somebody or a buddy to help you to see if you can see the drainage hole, sometimes the drainage hole gets plugged up that you're not able to release it. Sometimes I take a little bit of a, uh, a screw or something sharp and I open up that drainage hole a little bit. If it's only one, it might not be big enough for the release of the water underneath. Okay, what size pot is it in? It's, a, it's about a five-inch, I think, five or six-inch pot. It's just a small okay. pot because, you know, I have taken the plant out of the pot to see if it needed to be repotted, and according to the side of the plant, it, it wasn't rebound. I didn't really look at the bottom, though, because I, I don't think I looked at the bottom of the of the, of the, yeah. plant, of the, of the soil. Okay, make sure that if, you, if it's only in a five-inch pot, so I would make sure that if you can lift it out of its pot, make sure if you lift it up and it's really, really wet still, look okay. at the bottom of the pot to make sure the drainage hole is not plugged because okay. you want to make sure that you have proper... And in a five-inch pot, you should be able to water that all the way through and you should see water pouring out of the bottom of it and then let it go dry, okay? Okay. 
Okay, so I might suspect that maybe if you've never seen water coming out the bottom of the pot, maybe we're not giving it enough moisture to Okay, so maybe that is the case. But the plant itself looks healthy. It's not, I mean, I haven't lost any leaves and, and yep. it's... Uh... Yep. Just try try evenly watering it and then let it go through it because sometimes uh, when we go through uh, stages of dry and wet, dry and wet, the, the plant kind of gets confused and it'll kind of go into a stagnant stage. So okay. On the next time, if it's moist now, don't re-wet it. But okay. when you go in the regime that you need to water it, I want you to take it to the sink, water it so that you see water running through the bottom. If okay. the water does not run through the bottom, then you okay. have a problem with your drainage hole. Okay? Okay. Okay. I'll try okay. that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much, Carla. Okay. Enjoy your day, eh? All right. We're going to go right to the lines. The next, second caller is Mary. Hi, Mary. Hello, Carla. Hi. And where are you calling from, Mary? From Maryfield, Saskatchewan. Oh, wow! Maryfield, Saskatchewan. Hey, yeah. where is... Okay, can I say, where's Maryfield? Oh, it's just over the border. Just over the border, along the number one, south of the number one. Okay, all right, because um, I think if you've listened to my show before, I will give my uh, my family in Gainesboro, Saskatchewan, a little bit of a shout-out. Yes. So, yeah, I have a lot of family that are in Gainesboro, Gainesboro, Saskatchewan. I have many stories of riding the Greyhound when I was a young girl. You know when they put a little label on your shirt and say, Deliver, yeah. to, grandma, <laughs> deliver to Grandma's House? Well, we did that summer every summer. So, uh, hello, Mary Field. Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, I love your name. It's Mary. My, I had a grandmother, Mary. So it's just karma happening here. <laughs> yeah. So h- okay. how, can we, how can we help you today on the lawn garden? I just journey? have a couple questions. Should we be watering our fruit trees right now? You know what? Uh, it's I, very, very dry here. All the sloughs are dried up, and yep, yep. I'm just it, wondering now. Should you know we water our fruit trees? Yes. When okay. Right now it's so important and uh, looking at different areas. I, I know the, the um, Brandon area is very sandy. They drain off fast. Here in, Man- in Winnipeg, we're very dry. So the shout out to everyone in the next few weeks is if you can get your hoses out, get some moisture to your large trees and your shrubs because the, le- the ground... Water is very low. I can tell from our pond here. We have a great reservoir that's in there. And if you have any, um, you know, where Grandma used to take the cows and if the dugouts were low, you knew it was going to be a dry year. So it's very important. We're going to see a lot of detriment to our cedars, our evergreens, but even our fruiting trees. We need to get that water going into the cambiums. They're starting to wake up. Believe it or not, I see some swelling of some buds on some of the trees So if the water is there, it's going to help to waken up the roots and it's going to help to get things flowing a little better for it. Okay, so water the evergreens too? Water the evergreens too because there's, there's nothing left in those reservoirs. And some people might start seeing the effects of the lack of moisture in evergreens by... We call it that rusting effect where you get that oranginess to the trees. Yeah, we've got that. Yeah, so moisture, 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 because A, we want to get moisture into the new sets, and the new sets on evergreens is going to sometimes be on those browning tips. So okay. if, we, if we can get the new buds going, then eventually the green buds that break open will kind of disguise the browning, okay? 
Okay. And the second thing I was wondering about, I have some impatience that I saved over from last year. And in the house here, I noticed that the, the flowers form, but they don't open up all the way. They, it's just like the outside uh, cover won't open up. What would that be? Um, you know what? It's probably growing conditions because most plants, and especially annuals and impatience and that kind of stuff, unless you're really subsidizing your your lighting to have 10, 12 hours of light on there, I find that most plants indoors, especially annuals, don't develop as nicely as when they're outdoors. Okay. So it could be just the fact that you're growing indoors and it needs to have that outdoor aspect. So increase your light. Uh, get some fans or some wind current or movement happening over your plants. Everybody, we're, this is kind of like a, one of the, you're hitting all the conversations I wanted to hit today. <laughs> this is awesome. This is a preempt to it. But um, try increasing your light that's on it. Uh, watch your watering so that you're not overwatering because if you have too much soil in proportion to the root systems, that could cause uh, uh, flowers to abort because it's trying to save its leaf structure and the structure of the plant itself. Okay. But uh, get some air circulation. So if you have a little oscillating fan that you you know normally use in July and August when it's too hot, put it on the plants okay. to help it dry out. Okay. Okay. Uh, and sometimes I notice that there's these little beads of hard, clear stuff that form along the edge of the stems. Does that sound familiar? Beads like, of clear stuff? Yeah, it looks like it's a, a little bead of water and it's on a little stalk, uh, but it, when you touch it, it's hard. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, if it's not a bug that can't be wiped off, sometimes uh, raising and broken cell tissues of plants could be a, uh, what's called as an edema. It's like a break in the structure of the plant. Um, if you can, if you can take a picture of a close-up of that, you can send it to me, and I'd love to see what what's happening okay. with that. Okay. Yep. Very good. Thank you, Carla. Oh, you're very welcome, and enjoy your day, Mary. Yeah, you too. Bye. Okay. Bye, bye. And with the weather getting a little cooler, it's time to sort of think about the things that we need to do. And as Mary said, uh, the entire province, we have to be careful. I know that we do not want to be burning any brush. Do not start any outdoor fires to get rid of any twigging or branching and that kind of stuff because our water table is very low. Uh, so we have to take care of our environment around that way. But what we need to do is if you can subsidize and put your hoses out today, if it's a nice day that you can get it without freezing anything, um, put a little moisture on the ground. You'll see how fast it sort of wicks around. And as the trees start to wake up, they're already starting to dig down on our big, big trees. Their roots are down further and they're trying to grasp on this moisture that is just not there. So we need to help them a little bit. So get out your hoses. Give them a little bit of a drink, uh, any little bit of snow that's coming. I know the farmers are going to have an early start, and they'll be much appreciated if they get some a little bit of that snow maybe coming up this week. But it, we see the effects happening on our evergreens and our cedars. And right now, there's a shout-out that if you have uh, stakes in the ground with the burlap on it, it's maybe an indicator that we kind of say if you can wiggle the stake, it's time to get rid of the stake and the burlap because if you leave it on too long, it could actually cause premature heating 
beneath that and cause more detriment of evaporation on the structures of those leaves. So remove your burlap, get the stakes out of the ground if it's thawed that's in there. And some areas, yeah, believe it or not, we were just moving some stuff around here at the nursery and on the north side, lo and behold, there's still a little bit of ice underneath. So it depends on the condition of where you're at and how it affects it. But even with our evergreens and that, uh, it's so, you know, they take a lot of time. They give us a lot of shading. So let's make sure we look after them. We'll talk about seeding too, but we have uh, Mary, another Mary on the line. Hello, Mary. Good morning. I have a, a mystery, no, a majestic palm, and I do not know how to look after it. Like the leaves or the, well, I don't know if you call it leaves, the ferns or whatever it is, they seem hard. They were they were nice and soft to begin with, but they're not now. So, what do I overwater? Do I underwater, or what is it? Well, the magic is the it's the Majesty palms, and yeah. they're so like oh, okay. You're going to have a little tropical paradise there if you can't make it away. Everyone's going to make a tropical paradise in the backyard, and the Majesty palm is actually a really good that uh, likes it. But they like to have their soil moist, but again, not soggy. So mm-hmm. in some instances, how old is the Majesty palm? I just got it about a month ago for my sister. Okay. So if you, um, and is it quite mature? Is it very tall? It's about two and a half feet tall. Two and a half feet tall. So when you're watering it, again, it's so important because in some in- instances when you get uh, the field-grown palms, and they all mostly come from Florida, they need equal watering throughout the root ball system and if you look at them the root ball system on them is quite extensive did you repot it or is it still no i have it pot? in the same pot and you know there are holes in the pot about yep. two inches from the bottom and i put my finger in there and there is no now yesterday i i watered it in those little holes yet to so that but there was absolutely no moisture in there okay I know that grower pot. And when you look at those pots, I always thought uh, a few years ago, I thought, why aren't there holes on the bottom? Why do they raise it up so that they're about two inches up the sides? Well, there's a little trick in the industry where they've raised those up so that when those plants are in the field or when they're growing, they're actually retaining some of the moisture before they use it all up. Okay? It's like setting them in a reservoir of water where it's... um, you know when you take, like I always water my African violet from the bottom. Yeah, I do the same thing. I put it in a soup bowl and I fill up the soup bowl and then half an hour later I come back and I go, okay, she's drank up all that moisture. Mm-hmm. So in the pots that have the holes that are drilled two inches up the side, they're watering that plant and they're giving that plant time to wick up or absorb that without it all draining out. It's kind of like creating a saucer in the bottom without so, giving a saucer. So I could then put this in, in water up to that point so it would absorb yes. the water from there? Yes, because I suspect that if you put your finger in the hole and you found that it was very, very dry, the Majesty Palm was probably not getting enough water. Okay. Okay. So if you have a pail or something, if you want to water it from the top, water it from the top. But sometimes we think that we're giving it enough and it only waters the top three or four inches. It yes. never goes to the bottom. If you have a pail, grab a nice big pail, water from the top if you want, but then give it opportunity to sit 
in a bucket of water for a while and you will see the measurement. You'll see where it stops absorbing or, or mm-hmm. you know, taking up the moisture and when it does. And when it stops, pull it out. Okay. So will these leaves then become soft again? No. Sorry. They I, will lose their leaves and, and start over? Yes. Okay. So all of them have gone brittle or the just The majority a of them. Ooh. Okay. So you've underwatered it. Um, leave the softest ones of them up. Mm-hmm. You can prune back on some of the ones that are really, really bad. But if the root ball is still viable, you will get more fronds. That's mm-hmm. the leaf structure coming from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Right? But I suspect that you haven't been watering it enough. Okay. Okay? Because I was told water, don't water too much. Well, you have to water, but you have to water so you give enough moisture mm-hmm. so that the entire root ball is wet and mm-hmm. then you leave it alone until it's dry again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay? Okay. Right? Thanks. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome, Mary. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. It's, you know what, watering. And uh, um, we have watering. We just did a watering 101 class here because in the garden center, okay, welcome into the garden center world of us. We always have a few people that come in, and we're student-based, so we're always teaching new people how to water. Watering is the hardest thing there is to do. And not knowing how much water to give a plant or how much it needs, always remember that you need to soak the root ball. I know Victor's waiting. Hang on, Victor. I'll be right there. Because the plants that you get, the root ball is going to be filling up that pot. So you want to make sure that every piece of that root gets moist. Because if you only give it a cup of water or two cups of water, only a top portion of it is going to get wet. And the thicker, heavier roots don't absorb the moisture as fast as the fine, thinner ones that quickly absorb the moisture to feed the structures of the plant above. All right. Right now, we're going to go right to lines. Good morning, Victor. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from, Victor? I'm calling from Winkler. Well, good morning, Winkler. Yeah, I was just wondering, is it too early to put fertilizer on the lawn already? Um, with the fertilizer, are you going to use a granular or are you going to use an or Sorry, what type of fertilizer were you thinking of putting on? Yeah, granular. Granular. Um, I would probably myself wait just a little bit that's on it. Um, I usually like to do it into May when things are actively starting to go a little bit more. Okay. Uh, the most thing that I would probably do, um, and if you're targeting, I know that some of the issues with some people is um, probably beginning of May, I would probably start putting it in because it's not actively okay. growing yet because uh, okay. we are cold. I, You know what? I think everyone is eager to get out there because there's no snow and we have to yeah. remember. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking we were supposed to get moisture. Maybe it would be a good idea to put it down, but maybe we'll get moisture in May too. We will get some moisture that it will come, but uh, okay. I think I would still hold just off just a little bit because it's still just April and you don't want to force something if it starts to grow and then we do get a nice storm or are we getting, um, you know, a detriment. It is April. We've been known to have some snowstorms or ice storms and all that kind of stuff. So I would probably hold off myself just a little bit on that. 
Okay, and then another thing was like you were saying it's good to water the trees. Yep. Like we have a row of pyramidal cedars that we planted probably three years ago. I was just wondering would it be good to put water on there too? Yes, especially pyramidal cedars. Pyramidal cedars, uh, they need their moisture. And just think, we're Manitoba. We have our our structures of our cedars and our evergreens. But if you ever visit like... Um, British Columbia, where they have the big evergreens and the cedars are just so lush. They love yeah. that constant moisture feed that's on it. So it's very important for them. Junipers. So can, can you yeah. overwater them? or? You Okay, with cedars and everything, you can overwater them. They do not like to be sitting in standing water. So when you are planting evergreens... They like to be have moisture, but they like to have. Don't plant them in an area that is not well drained. Okay. okay. So if like they're last, in a, last summer, it was quite dry, yeah. and I watered them probably maybe every two weeks, and then I watered them so that they were actually water standing, but it disappeared very quickly. Yeah. No. When I mean standing water, is it like? Um, Sometimes in new developments, you have definite swales between properties that are in there, like ditches and lower-lying areas. That, okay. is a de- that is a detriment to them because especially water will sit there longer that's on it. Uh, they do not like to have discharge from sump hoses and that kind of stuff, constantly wetting them and feeding them that way. Okay. Uh, so, but if you're watering water well and then let it dissipate or drain into the ground because that reservoir will stay in there for them for for that that interim yeah, yeah that's what they told me it's a nursery like if you water water good and then like uh don't just put a little bit on it no no you want to have it like a nice steady long slow drink that's on it and then leave it alone and you don't want to do it every day because Oh, no. The roots need to breathe. It's like us. You know, we'll go swimming, but our head has to come up for air now and then. (laughs) The roots of a plant like the moisture, but the air spaces that create around the rooting system, those are airlock spaces that they need that air on the roots as well. All right, because yeah. they are not—they're not water plants. They can't keep their yeah. their roots underwater very, for long periods of time. Okay. Yeah, like, like right now the water is, or the ground is quite cracked around them. So. Uh, that is that is a that is like a dinner bell going. Can you get me some water over here? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Okay, Victor. Have a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Watering is important. I know uh, if you've got some, and one of the things too uh, that is thing sump pump discharge coming from my house is warmer water than if it's coming out of the tap off the side of the house. So using sump pump water late, late in the fall and earlier in the spring, that is a no-no. Do not put that on your trees and shrub. Let it go on the lawn and go away. And we're into April already. We're starting to create and look at our gardens because the snow is gone. And we're thinking of all the different things that we can do. Plus, we have the opportunity to start looking after our seedlings and our plants that are indoors. So if you have your bulbs, maybe you have some canna bulbs or dahlia bulbs, have you started them yet indoors to take advantage of the early spring that we can maybe have bigger plants started when we are able to get into the garden and plant them? And you heard me mention that with your seedlings, 
Don't transplant too soon. If you've started your seedlings and they're doing well and you've increased your light, just extend that lighting so that you keep the nodes short. And the nodes are between the leaf sets. You want to prevent uh, the stretching of your seedlings. So once they are up, increase your lighting that's on it. Maybe drop your temperature a little bit because with the coolness that will help to shorten the leaf nodes between it. And the one thing that I did mention is that fans, we want to give motion because it will help the plants in those smaller cells to dry out sooner, right? The roots are coming up for air and then we can rewater. So you can get them into a program cycle of being watered, let allow to dry, and then rewater because there's always opportunity that you can plant your plants in a bigger cell later on and you can plant them deeper if it is the type that can be planted deeper to create a nice thicker stronger plant let's go right to lines olga is waiting hi olga good hi. morning good morning uh, i'm just wondering my daughter wants some of my peonies roots uh, is it too early to transplant them or or should we wait till the a danger of frost is over. I would probably wait a little bit until the... Uh, first of all, A, are they up? Or have you seen them starting to come up? Uh, no, they're not up yet. They're not up yet? So no. if the ground is thawed, yeah. you you can uh, dig it now. Okay. That's on it. And just remember, you're going to probably upset the mother plant a little bit that's on it, so it'll probably set itself back a yeah, little it's, bit. Yeah, it's pretty big, so I would just... Take off a few roots on the side. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's two trains of thoughts with spring blooming plants. We usually say let's do it in the fall. Okay. And uh, with, um, but there's always that other side of the coin that says I really want to give away a portion of it, or it's getting too big, or it's growing yeah. not in a condition. So it's totally up to you whether you're wanting to do it. When you do that, though, when you take a portion of it out. When it starts to break out of its dormancy pattern, I would probably give it a little bit of extra feed. Okay. And if you have some bone meal or something like that, I would probably putting uh, some bone meal just to help with the disturbed roots to okay. start to re-energize again, okay? Okay, because okay, I did mine in, my, in May, I think, when, when I did mine, and they did, they did beautifully. So. Oh, that's good. And do you know which variety it is? Uh, no, I'm not sure, but they're all... Uh, Almost all white. Some had have a little yellow tinge in the middle, and one was very light pink last year. So, oh, you know what? I abs- I used to. Um, my grandmother used to have peonies, and I always thought, ooh, they were so covered with the ants. But I didn't realize <coughs> the symbolism of the ants with the peonies and the sugars. I know. <laughs> but as as I've kind of matured and got a few gray hairs, I am in love with peonies. Yeah, mine were beautiful last year. Oh. So. There's something so dramatic of these big, floppy heads that are on there. And there's even uh, the diversity. Now, is it a single or is it a double peony? Uh, it's a double. It's very, very big, very, very oh. double. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. just love it. And the diversity of the different colors that's on there is yellow, pink, white, purple. And then you can even go into single bloom peonies and then the ultimate is the fern leaf peony. Like, if you've never grown a fern leaf, the delicate texture of it, it almost looks like very uh, fine dill leaves with dramatic uh, red 
uh, blooms that are on them that stand up in resilience. Mm. They're beautiful. Okay. I'll look okay. for them. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you haven't looked for it, if you guys do not know what a fern leaf peony is, a peony is go on uh, the website or something and look up fern leaf peony and you're just going to all go, oh, is that ever pretty? Okay. <laughs> I saw a beautiful yellow last year and I was thinking, hmm, I should get one of those. Yeah, and believe it or not, if you can uh, visit your garden centers and see if there's a coral, because the coral colors are dramatic. They're beautiful. Yeah. All right. Okay, thank, thank you very much. Thank you for calling, Olga. Okay. Enjoy your day. Okay. Bye-bye. And not only that, I forgot to mention, Olga, when you're giving a little bit of bone meal to your mother plant after you've harvested some, maybe we should, um, if you want to share a cupful or so with your daughter, so when she's digging the hole for it, uh, to make sure that she puts some of, of that in hers. Another tip too is when you start to transplant your plants this spring, because our moisture level is going to be very low that's on it, I always like to recommend that before you do your splits and divides, and I know you're probably in different locations, maybe your daughter would like to pre-dig her hole and make sure that there's less transition of it being out of its natural condition. So pre-dig your hole and the importance of pre-digging is it gives you opportunity to dig the hole twice as big as the root ball, but to fill it up with water. And this year we're going to say, let's give it a double dose. Fill the reservoir of their new spot up with water. Let it drain away. Fill it again. Let it drain away. Bone meal on the bottom. Place your good soil around it and backfill with a good garden soil. Nothing that is clay. I, You know what? We do not want clay-based soil at all to backfill so it's always beneficial that if you are putting your stuff back there that start with something that's very composty and light because it gives that nutrient to a little bit of a base that the finer roots are able to develop better into make sense yeah i think it does all right we've enjoyed the conversation that's in through here now i want you to venture into your yard. I want you to source this out. Gather your questions because next week is a whole new delve and venture into gardening. This is the year that we want to make sure our gardens are beautiful. It gives us activity. It gives us that break away from the stress that's out there. It makes our bodies motivational. It makes our spirit strong to see things that we can grow. Everyone, Have a great week in your gardens. We'll be back on the Lawn Garden Journal next Saturday. We'll be back. Bye-bye, everyone.